inertia, passiveness, and fear stop many from finding happiness, achieving their goals, and fulfilling their purpose in life. One psychologist is hoping to change that with her message of power and personal responsibility. Her name is Susan Jeffers. The book is Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And you're listening to Lit Society. Let's Let's get get lit. This is Kari. And this is Alexis. And you're listening to Lit Society, a show about books and drama. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing well. Yeah, good. Shall I tell you about things that I've done this <laughs> Please, week? Please tell me. So I gotta tell you, <laughs> I like ping pong, and there's a ping pong board at our That's office. what I expected you to say. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So listen. They had a competition on Friday, a tournament. Uh-huh. And it wasn't major. A ping pong tournament. Yeah, ping pong tournament. With lawyers. Or Folks whoever in works the building, in the building. Whoever wanted to do it. <laughs> this wasn't our specific Wow, this firm. sounds like so much fun. <laughs> I love ping pong, let me assure you. Okay. So I got to get into a rousing game <laughs> <laughs> with one of the new people. Now this, I don't... I played ping pong uh-huh. on a table. I just kind of hit it back and forth with this guy. And that helps me. But this time I got to play with somebody <laughs> that was really hitting it good. To me. Yeah, and there was I a good volley going. was so excited. No, I always have a good volley. Oh, okay. But this one was energetic. Oh. He was making me work for it. And I was making him work for okay. it. Okay. It was so fabulous. <laughs> and I got to say... Well, I do not think I'm competitive. Oh, I brought don't. out the comp- I will tell you, you are not competitive. I've seen you in action not being competitive. <laughs> Thank you. So I wish I, I just saw this. That. Yeah. But some people think that I am competitive. <laughs> I can assure you they think that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I am. I just like to have fun. I don't mind losing. I just like to have fun. And I got to tell you, it made my Friday. Well, how did these people friend. get so good at ping pong? Oh, so the guy that I was playing with, he was like, I played in a tournament (laughs) not too long ago. You know, it's a thing now. Like, Mm -hmm. there are ping pong places, bars throughout Chicago. Yeah, and I love, well, I haven't, I've only been to one. There's one, like, near your job. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to go there now, Mm -hmm. now that I'm in. (laughs) I feel like I took you there once, but we only drank. We went to a different one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) okay, I can't wait. But how was your week? It was good. Um, I didn't do anything that exciting. (laughs) Um, uh, My mom's gone. She flew back home. So I've been, you know, trying to get my health back on track, eating vegetables. vegetables. Did you eat those Um, carrots? You never brought me any carrots. Ooh. You gave me some sweet pickles in a jar, which I did eat. Thank you. And carrots. You didn't give me carrots. I put carrots in the bag with the pickles. With the pickles? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll make some carrot soup mm, out of them then. I love Moroccan carrot soup. Wow. So, yeah, that's been my week. Just eating vegetables and trying to undo all the damage my mom has done with her excellent home cooking. <laughs> <laughs> trying to clean for myself meat now. Meat on meat on meat. Meat on meat. <laughs> <laughs> she was so sweet. She cleaned for us while she was here. Aww. It was like a it was like a maid. <laughs> I want that one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so we gotta wash our own dishes now and like clean Life our apartment. It's back it's to hard. normal. Yeah. Yes, 
But anyway, this book um, that we're featuring this week is all about feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And we're going to bypass our theme of the week because this book is the theme of the week. Mm -hmm. Feeling the fear and doing it anyway. What does that mean and how can we do it? Before we proceed, Alexis. Can you tell us a little something about Susan Jeffers? Let me get started, okay? Mm-hmm. Susan, she got married at 18, right? She had a son and a daughter, but couldn't settle down as a suburban housewife. Okay. And she started being increasingly unhappy and bad-tempered. Um, she told interviewers <laughs> that what she was missing was a life. Okay. Well, she got married at 18 and mm-hmm. had kids. Yeah. yeah. I can see so, that. So, um, breaking from pre-feminist convention, she went to a university, took up a degree and a doctorate in psychology, and then felt the fear, quote, mm-hmm. of progressing in her career or something. And then left her husband of 16 years as her career was taken off. Mm-hmm. She divorced, took the children, but six months later, while she was away at summer camp, she called her ex-husband and said, you know, hon, I think I'm leaving the hon? house today and everything in it is yours, including the children. Sorry to this man. Yeah. Who told this story? She told this story? Mm-hmm. She gave up these her are children? Quotes. These are quotes behind these thoughts. Yes. Okay. Um, her divorce has been said to be one of the most empowering experiences of her life because it pushed through the pain and found her own independence because she pushed through the pain. And found her independence. Out of this birthed the book, Feel the Fear. I'm sorry, why did she leave the kids? <laughs> I think everybody was holding her back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So no. she doesn't explain that, but I got a little more. I got a little okay, more. Please. Okay, please. So. Because I'm going to need an explanation. <laughs> <laughs> so I, there's no explanation for that, honestly. So anyway, <laughs> she, she decided she's going to write this book and... Okay. Um, she had trouble finding a publisher. She got a rejection letter that said Lady Di could be bicycling new down the street, giving this book away and nobody would read it. I heard that. I thought that was a little extreme. Like that is extreme. That is extreme. (laughs) mean. But her first book was published in 87. That is Feel the Fear. And it sold 15 million copies in 100 countries, including 1 million in the U.K., um, it's held as a classic feminist literature and a call. This to is feminist, arms. this book. So I really think perhaps that title is placed on this book because the author is a woman. If a man had written this book, it would not be a feminist, uh, you know. Entirely, entirely. Got so, it. Uh, and it's considered a call to arms for women not to be held down by tradition okay. or paralyzed by that tradition of um, not. But get a life, get a career. Outside of the home. Outside of the home, yeah. She actually has written 17 other books, self-help related. Mm -hmm. So that's my thoughts on her. Thank you. Um, I'm still hung up on leaving your kids and calling your husband like, hey, I think everything in the house is yours, including Mm -hmm. the kids. Because initially she took the kids and left and she's like, "Uh, well, I'm going to go. I don't want to do that anymore. Okay. Wish you had told me that before I read this book. Well, (laughs) can you give us a synopsis of the book? Sure. I'm going to make it really brief. Um, What stops you from progressing? What fears do you hold? Susan Jeffers has the answer (laughs) and invites you to take a deep dive into the dynamic techniques for overcoming your fears and living the life where you can say, I can handle anything. Thanks. 
We're going to take a break now. (laughs) So let's take a deep dive into this self-help book by Susan Jeffers, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Can you tell us about it? Okay, sure, sure, sure. Um, I like self-help books. I just want to start by saying that mm-hmm. I usually pick ones that focus on goals and, you know, personal achievement and whatnot, achieving your goals. But this one, fears, let's focus on it. And I'll take it from the top because she starts with the fact that there are three levels of fears. The first level is broken up into two types. Though fears that happen and those that require... <laughs> Sorry, my cat sneeze. <laughs> Those that require action. Fears that happen are things like aging, becoming disabled, children leaving home. Those requiring action are making decisions, changing a career, losing weight, and ending a relationship. Mm-hmm. So the next level of fear is relating to your inner state of mind. So how you respond to the fear. And so that it would involves be, your ego. Mm-hmm. Rejection. So if I'm responding to aging, I may reject that and act out in some way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if my concern is losing weight, then I may be afraid of the success of what that looks like, mm-hmm. how my life would change. That's real. Mm-hmm. Being vulnerable and then helplessness. The next level of fears is really a description. And it says, At the bottom of every one of our fears is simply the fear that you can't handle whatever life may bring. So you have to decide that whatever happens to you, given any situation, you You can can handle handle it. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I I like that part for sure. I do too. So then she identified five truths about fear. One, that fear will never go away. Two, the only way to get rid of fear is to go out and do it. Three, the only way to get feel better about yourself is to go out and do it. <laughs> so what? Excuse that me. felt really redundant. So the first one is that we'll always face fears, basically. Right. And the second is to get rid of those individual fears, we must act despite them right. as they come at us. Mm-hmm, yes. And then what's number three? This is similar. Okay. Um, and in order to feel better about yourself, you're going to have to go out and do it. Okay, okay. Okay. And as you build up this bank of fears you've overcome, you'll feel better about yourself overall. Yeah, accomplishments make you feel that, that way. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then everyone experiences fear in unfamiliar to territory mm-hmm. and pushing through fear is better than feeling helpless. Mm-hmm. So if everyone feels fear when approaching something new in life, still so many people, um, and still so many people are out here winning. <laughs> They're out there and there's no problem. They yeah. don't have a problem with it. Or no, despite fear. Everyone feels fear, but still there are su- successful people in the world. So yeah. how's it happening? Mm-hmm. It's because it relates to how we hold fear. And some people hold it as a paralysis and some people use it to, it's irrelevant and they push past it and do whatever. Or they use it as motivation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So some hold fear from a position of power. That's choice, energy, action. Those are the people that use it as to motivate them to success, right? Okay. And then some people hold it from a position of pain where they're helpless, they're depressed, they're paralyzed Mm -hmm. with fear, okay? And when we're talking about fear, we're not talking about phobias. Mm. I hope that. 
should help a little Although bit. Although one of her anecdotes does involve someone with phobias. But, it does. But overall, but that's overall, not this. Got this you. is not the intent. Okay. So, and we've talked about power previously and how it can have negative connotations or we know that people abuse power mm-hmm. because uh, power implies control over others. And again, it's misused. But she's referring to a power that's within self. Mm-hmm. And so over our perceptions of the world, the power of our reactions, our personal growth, how we create joy, power, 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 and our satisfaction with life. It has nothing to do with anybody else but ourselves. This is not a book that's trying to show us how to exercise power or control of others. It's all about taking responsibility for yourself. Absolutely. Okay. And she reiterates that in the book, I think in many of her chapters where she talks about taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, I do that in a lot of things. Mm, so yeah, I think so. Um. She makes a special note to women as she talks about it um, because they have a conflict with femininity and power. Some women. Some women do, yes. Um, And then she suggests um, an antidote for that, and that is repeating 25 times in the morning, noon, and night the following. Okay, so as we review this book, we're going to play the notes we made as we applied Susan's advice throughout the week. And I'm going to start with powerfulness. So according to Susan, this means power over my perceptions of the world, power over how I react to situations in my life, power to do what is necessary for my own self growth, power to create joy and satisfaction in my life, power to act and power to love. She's told me that as a woman, if I have any inner conflict between power and femininity, then I should repeat 25 times a day these three sentences. One, I am powerful and I am loved. Two, I am powerful and I am loving. Three, I am powerful and I love it. I ain't doing this. First of all, I don't have an inner conflict between femininity and power. I think femininity can be very powerful. So this part doesn't apply. But then also, um, I am someone who believes my strength comes from my God. So I'm weak, but I'm not vulnerable or stupid or inferior. And I accept my weakness without denying my worth. Well, I mean, you know, this is a self-help book, so she can't talk about God. But yeah, I don't think we just have to rely on ourselves for our power. So that's that. I am powerful and I am loved. I am powerful and I am loving. I am powerful and I love it. I am powerful and I am loved. I am powerful. (laughs) So listen, I did it. Right. All right. I did it. And it's not because I feel like I have a problem with femininity. No, it's because you're a team player. I just wanted to. This was the first like activity activity and I wanted to do it. So I did it. So (laughs) how'd that make you feel? Powerful? I can't say that I felt powerful after it, but it was only the first time. So. How long did it take you? It took like a whole five minutes. Yeah. And so I, I mean. used that as a guide because <laughs> it was hard to count and say it at the same time. Oh, yeah, sure. I was really Yeah, struggling. how do you know you're doing a 20? You need a little clicker. Yeah, so I would like. say, I would say it and then click with yeah. my finger. Oh. And then when I thought I did five, I was like, five. <laughs> anyway anyway Mm -hmm. don't diminish my work okay so so she describes pain um to power as a continuum so she suggests making a chart and identifying where you fall on the chart so i made one Mm -hmm. so here was my chart and i feel like i don't have a problem with pain i feel like i'm at the 
Not power to be end cocky. of it. I'm very this close at a, the this power is about end of it. Each um each issue that you face in life, she believes you start on that left side, on the pain side, and gradually you move to that power side. So it's not about where you are in life. You feel though, yeah, because it's what, a daily thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you feel you're saying though with the um uh projects you have in front of you now, you are on that power side. Yeah, I don't really start at a place of pain and personal goals too. You're yeah. on the power side. Yeah, you start like, on the power side. Yeah, I started at the close end. I There's some right. struggle, but. I'm really trying to get to that other power right. end. So I'm just one notch away and I'm just, I need help getting over that punch. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. All right. So another thing that she said is avoiding words such as I can't, I should. I love this. It's a problem. Life's a struggle. Instead, say things like I won't, I could. It's an opportunity. Life's an adventure. And then each night before you go to bed, plan your risk for the next day. And when she talks about risks, she's not talking about physically dangerous acts or infringing on the rights of others. Right. Maybe you are afraid of that big presentation that you have due tomorrow or you have chosen to run instead of four miles, five miles, and you don't know if you can do it. Picture yourself accomplishing those goals the night before. So. She says, plan it out for the next day. Close your eyes, practice doing it. And as you go through it, be aware that um, where you can find yourself hesitating and then you can start to kind of make plans around that for future risk. And then push through hesitation when you can and recognize that moment when you do. The goal is to expand your comfort zone. One thing I want to repeat that she says in this chapter is no one is more unloving than a person who can't own his or her own power. Mm. I thought that was an excellent statement. We've seen it played out in life where people try to get out of you what they should be giving themselves. Right. This validation. So such people spend their lives trying to pull it out of everyone else. Yes. What did you think about her comment where she said um, your subconscious believes only what it hears, not what is true? She put a lot of weight into what we hear, even if it comes out of our own mouths. Now, there is a scripture about reading in an undertone. And that really means that we have to say some things out loud for it to penetrate our hearts. So I I can't deny the value of (laughs) of listening. I mean, I know you hate audiobooks, but listen, (laughs) apparently (laughs) what we hear affects us profoundly. I I do. Even if we hear it out of our own mouths. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I I, I, it's like something that I want to say is tomfoolery. Mm-hmm. borrowing a statement from your mom. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh but I can't because it's fact. It's fact, right? What we hear affects us greatly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So this next chapter, I really didn't um, dabble in it. And not that I'm really going chapter by chapter, but at the beginning of her chapter, she had these little um, quotes on them. Mm-hmm. And they're really cool. Like chapter four was whether you want it or not, it's yours. And you're in control. You're in control. So did you have any thoughts on that? Oh, boy, did I? Okay, so I'm in chapter four, whether you want it or not, it's yours. And I am loving it. So um, a few of the points she makes are to take responsibility means never blaming anyone else for anything I am being, doing, having or feeling. It means not blaming even myself to a degree, not being overly critical of myself for poor choices or uh, results 
instead learning from them and taking control. It also means um, being aware of where and when I am not taking responsibility so that I can change. Um, And then taking responsibility means silencing that voice in my head that's negative. So the focus of this chapter is taking responsibility. And I love that because I don't want to be a victim. I want to make sure I am taking responsibility for um, the choices I make and the results of those choices. My favorite chapter was the Pollyanna chapter. And it was about positivity. And, you know, so she gave six steps to be more positive and it starts with a daily routine. So here's the routine. She gave a beginner's intensive for positive thinking. And she said, when you wake up, turn on your audio machine. Whoa, what year was this <laughs> book written? What is an audio machine? I feel very strongly that this is a period piece. <laughs> From a period piece. <laughs> because so many of the things she references takes you back to the 80s. Antiquated. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she says, turn on your audio machine and press play. So, because you picked out some affirmation or some reflection recording from somewhere okay and she says play that lie there close your eyes and let the powerful and loving thoughts sink in okay mm-hmm. get out get out of bed pay attention <laughs> to the positive quotes you've surrounded yourself with so unlike we, sticky notes or something you've put everywhere or what it is sticking notes. okay <laughs> so you've written positive statements and stuck them to your uh bedroom mi- mirror your t- television your yeah. bathroom medicine cabinet. All of that. Yeah. I did all of that. This is actually something I hear often, a pretty widely accepted uh, strategy for positive thinking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm so, with it. As you get out of bed, play some music or excuse me, as you dress, play some music that makes your heart sing. As you dress, repeat your affirmations you've chosen for the day. She says no TV. No news, no radio. So I thought she took it a little far now. I mean, I do. I mean, do you watch the news? I watch the news every morning. Alexis. Every single morning at seven. I make sure that I turn the TV on at exactly seven o'clock so that I can hear the 90 minute round the world. Wow. Wow. Oh, you don't do W words. (laughs) World. That thing. <laughs> so I can hear that 90 minute clip. And so, yeah, I, that was really difficult But don't you for me. find the news to be very negative, sensationalized? I feel like and I'm unuseful. Not, I feel like I'm not current if I don't listen. But you to can always news. read the news. Now, Susan says don't even read the paper. But I've, I do feel like she went too far in that. You do have to know what's going on in the world and where mankind is, you know, headed. But you don't have to watch it. The news is violent. It's graphic and it's depressing. That's how they make their money. You can read it. And like the skim, the newsletter, I know you and I both uh, subscribe to. Mm -hmm. It gives you world news on one page in your email box every day. I love that. I take five minutes to read it and I'm about my business. Well, I'll try to do that because as I went the week, I did not watch the news. I did feel some type of way about it. You felt better or... I you can't felt say I felt of- better. I missed the news. You missed it. <laughs> okay, let me shut up. Go I ahead and watch news. your news. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, "Sad." 
if you exercise, say some exercise affirmations. So I did that. Oh, okay, cool. I can feel the energy coursing through my body. I am creating a beautiful day. I can feel the energy. Okay, so this is you doing your exercises yes. in the morning and repeating your positive affirmations yes, I while had doing to repeat so. Them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I didn't you, feel the energy, but I did say it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't feel like it was improving your mood? No, I was tired. It was too. You know, I'm gonna say this. This was exhausting. Yeah, it was really exhausting. I woke up. I listened to this clip on YouTube that I found for like 11 minutes, and I laid there. And it was making me tired. Mm-hmm. I would fall back to sleep. And then I would get up. Oh, yeah. I'm not waking early to hear somebody say something positive to me. Oh, that sounds crazy. I, I would rather dream about it. I was supposed to begin <laughs> my day early and, you know, just kind of get started. But I was so exhausted after right, doing that. Right. I had to take a nap before I could get dressed. <laughs> oh, there's too much positivity. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'm going to it bed. was the worst. But anyway, I played some original songs in the morning, something positive. I did that. Too. And that, that great. really. I have to say music touches me in a way nothing else does and I felt like that helped me carry positivity with me all day long I will say that was awesome that is the best part of it that that alone is the best part of it so um she also says listen to affirmations as you go to work look for positive messages that you've placed so you would have made some sticky notes and I did that um and she said pick an affirmation and write it in your diary Give yourself a fix throughout the day. And my fix is repeating the 25 power to femininity um, quote. I am powerful and but I am loving. why though? That's, how long does that take you to do? It takes a whole five minutes. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Girl, I did it. But it was struggle. <laughs> I couldn't do it in the middle of the day. It was, I kept forgetting about it. So, But I and try. And that's for people who don't think women can be powerful. You're not that person. No, I'm not But you were person. doing it because Susan said do it and yeah. you're trying it out. Mm-hmm, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I think it was part of my positivity thing. Positivity. Positivity. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then she said, before you go to bed, put on a relaxation tape. You know, um, Spotify makes great playlists for relaxation. Um, They have an ambiance one, a sleep time one. You don't like those? I don't think so. Have you tried Calm, the sleeping app or the the, um, relaxation and meditation app? YouTube has all of these. I could just hit that. I am. (laughs) Not really, but I am. (laughs) But you could get like different types of thunderstorms. I can get that on YouTube. Okay. (laughs) It's a real thing. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So I did that for several days. Mm -hmm. And so let me just let you get some of my reflections Mm -hmm. from the first day. So we're at the end of my first day. I started the day with the morning affirmations. I woke up and immediately turned on my morning affirmations and listened to those. And then I, um, as I got up and went to the bathroom, I read all the affirmations on my TV, our positive expressions. And then I went in the bathroom and I had some more positive expressions. And then I played some uplifting music this morning. And it, um, I felt like it was, uh, I had an air of positivity upon me today. And I thought about being positive. It was like constantly on my mind. Even my day, I'm usually consumed with work, but I was, uh, I, 
reflections of positivity came to me. And so when I had a, a call today and I feel like normally I would have an air of irritation. I didn't have that air irritation. I instead had an air of positivity. So that's day one. And we'll see what um, the next few days brings. So you had some positive affirmations in the bathroom? <laughs> Is that code? I, no, it's not code. Okay. I actually had some sticky notes on the mirror. Oh, yeah. clarification. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I also was trying to be positive. And hey. it went a little something like this. Okay, so in the Pollyanna chapter, Susan emphasizes how many see negative thinking as authentic and real, and being positive or quote-unquote overly positive is seen as inauthentic. So um, in a work environment, I made an effort to change a negative conversation into a positive one. And it was rebuffed because, first of all, I just came out and was like, hey, you guys, let's stop being negative and start being positive. That's not how you do it. And second of all, um, someone told me, to Susan's point, we're not being negative, we're just being real. So it's easy to think that negativity is uh, equated with authenticity. It is not. So my goal now is to be positive, but not to uh, rebuke someone for being negative. Instead, acknowledge their feelings and authentically or naturally steer negative conversations into positive ones. We'll see how it goes. So I was dismissing the feelings of others, and I don't want people to dismiss how I feel about things, right? No. Everyone wants their feelings validated Mm -hmm. because all of our feelings are valid. Mm -hmm. So um, what I'm going to do on a continuous basis is still try to be positive and be an agent for positivity and unification wherever I am. But acknowledge people's feelings and organically divert the conversation to one that is positive. But don't be like, hey, y'all, shut up. Let's be positive. <laughs> don't nobody want to hear that. Nobody. And then you just look like a jerk. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Um, I'm glad you had that experience and enjoyed that mm, positivity thanks. section. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, as the first day ended, again, I felt positive. The next day, I did the same thing, but it went a little different. <laughs> So just a little check-in. I'm at work. I'm wrapping up the day. Um, And I... Maybe because I didn't say my afternoon positivity, but I don't know if the positivity thing is working for me. I think I might quit already. Okay, bye. So that was... um, That was day two. Um, Yeah, I just didn't feel the same. I I did my morning stuff. Everything, I didn't do the midday one I said but still I was left feeling like yeah I'm ready to hurt somebody and say me. <laughs> and you were repeating these affirmations <laughs> and it was just making you angry serenity now <laughs> yes don't explode it was rough it was okay. rough but I still I did not give up even though I said I was I pushed <laughs> forward to try to make the next day better so okay so you did the same process And she mentions that. She said, it's not going to work for you every day. Don't be too hard on yourself. Just keep trying. Yeah. So on my final day, uh, I did the affirmations. I started the day out with everything. I read my sticky notes, breathe in, breathe out, 
this is going to be a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, that was like the best day ever. Oh, cool. I was participating in my volunteer work and I just felt like so accomplished that mm-hmm. day. And just everything about it, my experiences that day were just really positive. So I really just to clarify, why do you think that day went so well for you? Because I had um, a week's worth of positive aspirations under my belt. Okay, because you've been repeating to yourself and hearing your own self say these positive statements, Mm -hmm. you think you ended the week on a positive note. I think so. But you also were taking action. You said you were volunteering, so you made sure to do something that mattered to you. Yep. And you put that first. Yep, I did. So, I mean, like, did you really need the affirmations? (laughs) I think you still do. Okay. I think that's still important. Even when you're volunteering, you still need to go in with a positive attitude. And your outlook about things needs to be bright. And so I had a cheerful Because you can be doing an action that's positive with a bad attitude. Absolutely. (laughs) You're right. So you absolutely need some extra to boost. And I felt like this help. So again, I took the positivity part the most out of this book. I loved it. And it, I won't keep the whole thing like the power and femininity thing. That word. Femininity. Yeah. You I won't that. keep doing it. Because it's not worth you it. You don't feel like women are unpowerful. No. And it <laughs> takes too long. I was rolling my eyes by the um, 15th time I said it. I, I was am so... powerful or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I was like, well, why did I say I was going to do this? And so, yeah, so I'm over that. Yeah. But anyway, I did find some gems in here and I just, you know, I will definitely keep that. Did you have any thoughts about it? Yeah. So I do feel like with Susan Jeffers help and more importantly, with my commitment to this book and to you and to this podcast, Mm -hmm. I tried to hop all in and or dive all in on this. And um, I've started running again. Okay, so I am taking responsibility for my health. I've been really tired lately and, um, you know. Not making sure I eat right and exercise regularly. I was about to run out of time. Today it's Saturday, but I am running at night and enjoying it. So I'm gonna get four miles in today and four miles in tomorrow. Yay me! Okay, so I just got home from running 3.89 miles and I feel powerful to use a word that Susan uses pretty often. Um, I feel invigorated. I'm going to run a bath, make a cocktail, study, read, and go to bed. And I feel like I deserve to. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Thanks, Susan. (laughs) so I felt like I was more conscious of my need to take responsibility for who I am and um, that's always good yeah that is good Mm -hmm. I like that I'm glad you took that piece of it there were just a few more things that she mentioned and she talked about the whole life grid oh I liked that point right Mm -hmm. the idea that some people make one thing their whole life mm-hmm. when it should be many one thing things. that might involve someone else. So if that yes. person decides no longer to be participating in whether it's kids move out of their home or yes. couples break up, what do you have after that relationship is over? Nothing. And the, her visual of it was just great. You yeah. got 
relationship in a box. And then when that relationship is gone, that box is empty. You have nothing. And people really live their lives that For way. Sure. So I really thought that was helpful. And then she had a part about giving thanks. So she said, make a list. Well, of the I people. want to go back because the remedy to a life that only has one thing is it in it is to fill it with other things yeah, I'm sorry. that are not mm-hmm. contingent on others. Right. So whether it be um, a project you're passionate about or a way to devote your time to others, giving to mm-hmm. others, use the, use every moment of your life t- to its full and don't just make it about one person or one right. thing. Mm-hmm. And then if that relationship ends or your children move out, you still have a very full life. Right. It's just one piece that can easily be um, filled in with something else. She has it put into a, a box of nine squares. Right. And, yeah. And so it looks very different than an empty box. Right. Because there's no relationship. So I really like that. And then the other piece that I like was the idea of giving thanks, making a list of people presently in your life and significant ones from your past. And then list each one of them and how they've contributed to your life in a special way. And oh, even I if did there that. Was, you did, even if there was pain or you disliked them intensely, list their contributions to your life. And in the end, you can you can visualize a conversation with them and kind of move past that. Or you could send them a letter or have a phone call with them. And in her case, she called her ex-husband, had mm-hmm. lunch with him and told him we didn't work out. But th- these are the ways that you made me happy in my life. And I thank you for that. Yeah. She really reiterated the point to say thank you to people and I made a list of people I admire and these are not people that I've made an effort to be around not all of them um so I'm going to make more of an effort to fill my life with the people who are reaching the goals I want to reach or whose um presence in my life is positive she did talk about briefly a negative people or the how people see you doing better. and letting them go and mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that I think all of our relationships um, in all of our relationships, one person needs the relationship more than the other. And that can go back and forth. Like in a marriage, there are times when um, I may need my husband more than he needs me immediately and vice versa. In a friendship, sometimes, I mean, you never want to let someone else bring you down, right? Or right. divert you from f- fulfilling your purpose in life. But some people need you more than you need them. I do not think you turn your back on those people. You monitor right, your right. interactions with them so as to not depress yourself. Exactly. But you got to be there for people. That's not fair. <laughs> you can't just leave your kids and <laughs> tell your husband they they your kids now. <laughs> you can't do that. It's not right. <laughs> well, the, so that was, uh, yeah, that was very interesting, um, insightful. So I think we should take a break. Okay. Yeah, great. other points that Susan um, expounded on in her book to fully round out this feel the fear thing but I didn't feel like they applied to me I didn't feel like I needed to use them same so I just let them go so um, I just focused on the positivity because that was stand out to me now what are your final thoughts on the book and would you recommend it so I went back and forth with this question. Would I recommend this book? Um, because there were points she made, especially about taking responsibility. And I don't think anything she said was groundbreaking, but seeing it on paper and repeating it to myself out loud 
I do think did good. For example, I know I should run regularly because that's something I don't want my body to lose the ability to do. But I don't mean I'm going to do it. And I'm not a negative person, so I don't have a chatterbox in my head going, <laughs> you won't be able to. I have another box in my head going, girl, just relax. You deserve it. What I need is not a book that helps me to be more positive. I need it something that tells me to stop being so positive and be more <laughs> realistic. I think that's wh- where I fall on that scale. Well, that, that, the focus was about getting over fears. I'm How an extremely unfearful person. I don't have very many fears <laughs> okay, and I think okay. I could benefit from a couple. Okay. Um, so Jeffers emphasizes at the end this listening to um, the direction of our higher selves. And mm-hmm. she really preaches this gospel of the higher self being a spiritual she part does. of each individual that appeals to a higher conscience she feels we all possess. Mm-hmm. And this higher self is the authority by which all of her um, advice is justified. So that's a problem to me because that to me sounds like listening to uh, where your heart leads you. And the heart is treacherous. Mm-hmm. It can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. So that. Um, That last chapter, those last two chapters really um, felt to me like bad advice. Um, So for that reason, and because her advice kind of is contingent on that, that's a huge caveat to me, this um, listen to your higher self. And so for that reason, I would not recommend the book. Um, Also, like I said, these thoughts are not groundbreaking to me. The idea that you Feel the fear and do it anyway. We know that courage is action in the face of fear. Mm -hmm. That whole sentence is this book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You could say, I could tell someone, hey, um, you know, act despite fear to reach your goals. And two, don't let negative thinking distract you from your goals. And that's the book. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I saved you about 300 pages. But (laughs) so that's me. I would say I would not recommend this. But what did you think? It's amazing. One day we're going to disagree. One we day. always agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went back and forth about this. I did. I really did. Me I was too. like, well, maybe because I really like this part. And I was like, well, I mean, they can get that in, a, in another book, mm-hmm. in even a smaller book. And mm-hmm. it's just this could have been a pamphlet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, I don't think I would recommend it because there's so many aspects of the book that I didn't take. Yeah. So, if so, you go to a buffet and you only eat the shrimp, this wasn't a good it's buffet. It's not enough. <laughs> yeah. I paid too much. Yeah. You know? Did you feel sorry for Susan? In some ways, I yes. I really I sorry like, for her. But then I also went back to this is a period piece. <laughs> she no, is talking okay. to a group of a women, generation, a generation of people. But I don't think your mom, I don't think my mom felt as helpless as she seemed to. No. At this time in her life. <laughs> I think she's talking to a certain group of people from a certain period of time. Yeah. And so and we don't them, know those people. I don't. And so it would have been helpful to them. So I wouldn't recommend it to anybody I know. Mm. <laughs> okay, sis, I agree. Um, <laughs> one other point I want to make talking about moms uh-huh. and um, people that are in your life, especially in your childhood. This book made me really thankful for um people that you and I look to as grandparents mm-hmm. who showed us love and direction in our youth Mm -hmm. they made us feel like no matter 
what happened. And I'm including our parents in this. Yeah. No matter what happened in our lives, we had a foundation to go back to. Yeah. So we can make mistakes. Susan feels like there are no wrong mistakes. There are wrong mistakes, you guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what a mistake is. Mm -hmm. It's a wrong choice. But it is always okay to make a wrong choice when you learn from it and take responsibility, which she does say, and I agree with, but there are wrong choices. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, those do exist. Um, But I was really grateful for the people in our lives who never made us feel helpless. Like she wrote this book as someone who felt helpless at a time in her life for other people who felt helpless. And that made me sad. Yeah, that especially was sad. I was like, what was she going through in this generation of people? Because I really do but believe- But people who feel helpless don't, I mean, they should have nothing to be ashamed about. I don't want to Oh, sound like- That's not what we're doing. Yeah, that's not. not. In, that's not the intention behind saying this. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's people today that can benefit from this book. I mean, it sold 15 million copies. But we just don't know them. <laughs> sorry (laughs) not sorry (laughs) okay so that was uh this episode of the list society podcast i must say i enjoyed it it was a little shorter but not by that much (laughs) we have a problem having short appreciate it yeah (laughs) we can't do short shows guys sorry we tried we did try Um, Okay, so next week we're reading another book and it is called The Warmth of Other Suns, The Epic Story of America's Great Migration by Isabel Wilkerson. I think I'm getting that right. I'm excited about that. I mean, this has been on our list forever. Mm -hmm. I recommended this book and it's taken me forever to get to it. So I'm happy we're finally able to get to it. I don't and know nothing about it, so I look forward to it. Ditto. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it should be fun. Yeah, it'll be great. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Lit Society Podcast. You can hear Lit Society on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all major podcast providers. Um, visit LitSocietyPod.com to sign up for the world's best free newsletter if you have not already. And until next time, read something. Please read Read it, read it. Oh, God. Ooh. Ha, 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 ha.